Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we're back into our series, How Did You Get There Today? We're present leaders in the sport industry. will be sharing with us how they have navigated a career in the sport industry. I'm excited to be joined by college hoops coach Laval Jordan. Coach Jordan played at Bullet University from 1997 to 2001 and began his coaching career at Butler with Coach Todd Licklider's staff in 2003. From there, Coach Jordan had assistant roles with the University of Iowa and the University of Michigan under Coach John Beeline. And after the 2015-2016 season, Coach Jordan became a head coach for the first time at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee for one season before taking the head coaching job back at Butler for five seasons. Coach, thanks for joining us today. Great to be here, though. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, Coach. And start us off by sharing why you decided to pursue a career in coaching and why you have a passion for coaching the game of basketball. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I, you get asked that all the time, you know, as your career goes on. To, to be honest with you, I didn't uh, plan on pursuing a career in coaching. You know, I was uh, I wanted to play. And, and so uh, playing days were over after college, you know, and and looking for that next step now, as many athletes do and what that was. And so um, I always say coaching is a calling. Yeah. And so I ended up uh after I was done playing, find an opportunity as director of operations uh, at Butler, mm-hmm. uh, back where I played. And as you know, uh, you've seen all the roles on the staff is, you know, doing all the logistics and the gear and the team and the travel and all the things that, that come with running the program on a day to day. But um, and what, when you're allowed to sit in, you know, to the meetings with the coaches and learn the game and and uh, was around some really bright minds, Todd Licklider, mm-hmm. Matthew Graves, Brad Stevens. Yeah. Um, you know, really great minds for the game. Jeff Meyer, yeah. uh, who came back and was on our staff at Butler. And so, uh, but what drew me in um, was uh, in that role, you're allowed to kind of mentor and be a big brother, uncle mm-hmm. uh, to the players. And we had a bit, pretty big freshman class that year that I was in that role. And I'm just helping those guys, you know, navigate the transition to college uh, and interpreting what the coaches were saying and, and kind of playing that role in the mentorship. Uh, and the leadership piece from that standpoint is, is uh, that connection was yeah. uh, what I got passionate about as much as the game of basketball. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. And I appreciate you sharing that. I think, too, even watching you over the four years I got to spend with you, um, just your love for, for the guys, I think, what stood out to me. Um, and it definitely was a testament to your purpose behind coaching, and I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, and Coach, what was interesting, too, just looking back at your career, you began your coaching career at your alma mater, um, something that doesn't happen that often so what did you do during your time at butler to put yourself in a position to join the staff after you graduated 
Uh, I wouldn't say I did anything specific. Uh, like I said, many guys know toward the end of their career mm-hmm. that they want to coach or somewhere in there, you know, maybe my dad, dad was a coach and my dad coached in high school, but yeah. uh, maybe there's this legacy of coaching and things that, that different, uh, different people, you know, everybody's journey is different. Yeah. Um, so I would say, uh, you know, just being a, a leader amongst my teammates as best I knew how at that time and uh, trying to inspire them and, and um, you know, being a good representative of the the university and the program uh, in terms of out, off campus, or outside of the gym, you know, in the community, uh, and those type of things. Uh, but not like I was leveraging anything at that yeah. point in time. Like I said, I wanted to play, and so. Yeah. But I do think you know when you uh, carry yourself a certain way, and not that I was perfect by any means. Shoot, I made a ton of mistakes when I was eighteen yeah. to 20, 22 years old. Um, but when you, when, when you, um, uh, how you handle, you know, situations, how you, how you communicate and how you interact with people, uh, allows you, you know, the opportunity to be able to come back to places. And so I've always tried to leave places, mm-hmm. uh, and be able to, you know, go back there one day if possible, not burn any bridges and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Coach. And I think one thing I always think about is you're kind of interviewing sometimes without even knowing you're interviewing, um, and just how you, yeah. live, how you act, how you live, how you treat others. Uh, the leadership that you represent um, on the court. And so definitely, you know, I think for, for our listeners, as you're in an undergrad position or a graduate assistant position, may not be where you are forever, um, but you can leave an impact on the people that you're around um, based on how you live day to day and how you act um, on and off the court. So I appreciate you sharing that, Coach. I think it is a testament, too, to, to how you were as a leader, um, as, as a player and as a coach. So appreciate you sharing that. And coach, what were some challenges you faced early on in your coaching career? How did you navigate some of those challenges? Uh, they're different, you know, when you're an assistant coach. Uh, obviously, as I grew, you know, the, the one challenge, just the, the lifestyle, uh, it's a lifestyle. You know, when yeah. you're into coaching, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's not a, it's not a job or a profession. Like, it, it is a lifestyle. So I think totally. early on, just, um, you know, getting used to, uh, what, what some call the grind, you know, the lifestyle and, and trying to uh, yeah. just jump in with two feet as a young assistant coach learning, you know, how to recruit, uh, learning how to scout, how to game plan, you know, learning what, it, you know, how to come up and be intentional about coming up with player development mm-hmm. plans and programs and, and uh, learning my head coach, Coach Licklider at the time and what he wants and what he needs. And, yeah. Um, and then I was freshly engaged, uh, you know, and got married in 2004, jumped into coaching in 2003. So, yeah. you know, along with uh, learning, the, you know, the ins and outs of coaching mm-hmm. and everything that that encompasses. Also, a new, a new a lovely relationship with my wife. We're 17 years married now. So awesome. she had to embrace the lifestyle as well yeah. and being able to help her, you know, understand, you know, what, what, what that was. And so that was where, you know, the early challenges, let alone. You know, the players and their personalities and trying to get the best out of them and, and, you know, help motivate them, help inspire them, help, you know, make things clearer to them if they were, you know, if there's any confusion or questions, you know, all those things that you're that you're doing as an as an assistant coach. Um, you know, moving was a challenge. You know, yeah. we moved from Indianapolis to Iowa City. Mm-hmm. was at Iowa for three years, moved to Michigan, was there for six years. And, yeah. and now you bring kids and children into the picture and, and now you're moving your family. Uh, to different locations and, and having to adjust. Um, and so those are, you know, all challenges. I don't care whether you're assistant or the head coach. But um, And then, you know, as, you trans- as I transitioned into the head coaching role, 
um, you know, more just communicating clearly. I think that's uh, the, the biggest yeah. deal, setting a vision for and being able to communicate clearly uh, so that everybody that you've hired or recruited uh, or student managers that are a part of the program, everybody understands who we are, what we stand for, and then they can execute their their jobs with the with high levels of enthusiasm, right? Be, because uh, they believe in the vision and they got shared values, and everybody's aligned and connected. And so, um, you know, always trying to be you know, clear with the communication and our message with who we are, what we're about, and how we need to go about getting things done. Yeah, Coach, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing a couple of things I really want to highlight that you mentioned that we talk a lot about with our young professionals who want to get into coaching, especially. Uh, the first thing is really it's a lifestyle. Um, it's it's not like a nine to five um, where you get you know those opportunities to kind of you know have a, a pretty good work life balance. There's there's a limited work life balance in coaching, um, and so I think really embracing that is a part of the journey. Um, and so I appreciate you sharing and shedding light on that. And then secondly, too, the transient nature of sports is something that is that is difficult. Uh, having to move all the time, especially like you mentioned with family, becomes even harder. So just really, I think. Embracing those challenges, uh, learning how to navigate navigate those, especially as a Christian, uh, can be a challenge. But I think obviously your testimony shows uh, that it is possible, um, and it does it does take a team? I, I think it's cool too. You shed light on your your wife being uh, part of that lifestyle as well. Um, I think for many of our young professionals, getting engaged in relationships, like man, that's that's tough. But if you have a good teammate, it's, it's possible. So appreciate you sharing coach I mean definitely some challenges yeah. in coaching but it's worth it. it it pays off most definitely most definitely yeah no more no more communication communications no required more with that relationship yeah absolutely. with your spouse a significant other than uh than anybody yeah oh, yes, to understand why we need to make the, make the moves that we need to make and so I've got a superstar for a wife she's a, she's unbelievable great teammate absolutely coach that's awesome coach you mentioned you made the jump from Butler to Iowa in 2007, kind of share what that role looked like for you and how you landed the position at Iowa. I was fortunate, you know, obviously we had uh, gone to a sweet 16 here at Butler uh, mm -hmm. with that 017 uh, seniors like Brandon Crone, who you, yeah. you worked alongside, uh, Brian Ligon and players like Mike Green and AJ Graves, you know, some unbelievable players yeah. uh, helped us reach a sweet 16 here at Butler. And then coach Licklider who had hired me and given me my first opportunity here uh, he got the Iowa job and asked me to come alongside him. And so my biggest recruiting job was to help to sell my wife on moving to Iowa City when she had never been more than two and a half hours from Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, and she grew up here and she's from Indianapolis. And so, mm -hmm. um, so to date, that's the best recruiting job I've ever done. Um, awesome. And so, um, you know, the roles was similar. Obviously, it, coaching is a coach. I took on a bigger role with Brad Stevens staying here and becoming the head coach. Brad did a lot. Uh, in terms of our staff, he was the top yeah. assistant at that time, and I was the young assistant that was learning. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, took on a much bigger role at Iowa in terms of recruiting coordinator, uh, being able to you know help coach and kind of map out for our staff, you know, mm -hmm. all the things that that we had to do from a recruiting standpoint and practice scheduling, things that I had had the opportunity to do at Butler, but watched Matthew Graves, who was I was on staff with, watch Brad, and mm -hmm. learned a lot. I learned a ton from those guys in terms of just you know, helping organize the staff so that coach doesn't have to worry about those things. And so um, those became bigger roles. And then, uh, you know, took on a bigger role in just implementing um, some things, you know, offensively yeah. uh, and defensively, um, kind of taking charge on the court a little more than I had at Butler mm. uh, in those areas. And so allowed me to take a big step and grow and, and jump into the Big Ten and at, yeah. the high, at the highest level and, you yeah. know, be recruiting and coaching. Definitely, Coach. 
Yeah, I appreciate you sharing too. And I think just taking those <clears throat> opportunities, you mentioned even just the challenge of getting out there and, and you know, recruiting your wife to be able to, to make that move too. I think, you know, it, it does take sometimes a risk um, and, and taking a new challenge of moving to somewhere you'd never been before. Uh, being in a conference like the Big Ten presents challenges, um, but it also presents great opportunities. So I appreciate you sharing that, Coach. Definitely, definitely awesome. Mm -hmm. And Coach, you had the opportunity to coach alongside John Beeline at the University of Michigan. Um, you actually went over there in 2011. Kind of share with us, what are some things you learned from such a legend like Coach John Beeline? Yeah, it's tremendous. You know, I've, I've been fortunate, Noah, because I've had unbelievable mentors in, in, in basketball with Coach Licklider, who I mentioned, Brad, who I worked alongside, Brad Stevens. And, yeah. Uh, you know, those guys were great. And, Obviously, Barry Collier at Thad Mata, you know, who are, uh, you know, I've been here at Butler and done great things. And Thad went on to Ohio State, you know, playing for those guys. And, uh, and then working with Coach Beeline. And so, you know, just uh, really high-level basketball minds and people and leaders and coaches. Uh, Coach Beeline, I would say, you know, the thing was, you know, his offensive prowess is kind of the thing that's documented yeah. uh, around the country and the world of coaching. People, you know, are, you know, his uh, – uh, X's and O's and, and mm -hmm. how he thinks the game from an offensive standpoint is, is it was great to just yeah. you know, be in those meetings every day and, um, and listen and learn. Uh, and then I think, I think his biggest strength is he, he's always been a head coach, uh, yeah. you know, his whole career, he was never an assistant coach. Um, yeah. and so, um, just a, a tremendous CEO in terms of delegation, the responsibilities and clarity mm -hmm. of vision and purpose and how we're going to do things and knowing exactly uh, what he wanted to do and then being true to who he is. Yeah. Uh, I think that was one of our biggest takeaways from him is, um, you know, doing a good job of selection in terms of recruiting and hiring and, and the yeah. personnel that's in the program, the staff. But then, um, you know, and, and him being able to manage and keep us, you know, in the direction that he want, wanted the program to go, but uh, mm -hmm. just being true to who he was. You know, he was, uh, you know, knew, knew exactly what kind of players he wanted to coach, exactly what kind of people he wanted to be around. Uh, knew exactly kind of how he wanted to do things, and he, but it didn't take away our aut autonomy yeah. as coaches. We we got to you know we got to inject ourselves into the program and mm -hmm. and bring what our strengths to the table, and uh, so it was a lot of fun you know working with coach. Yeah, absolutely, coach. I appreciate you sharing. I think for you that's just such an amazing opportunity, like you mentioned, to have mentors like John Beeline. Uh, I think you're able to learn so much on uh, being a part of a program like Michigan, so successful. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing that, Coach. That's awesome. It's an awesome experience. And, Coach, you had the opportunity to become a head coach in 2016 for the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. What are some things you did in your assistant coaching days to prepare yourself to be a head coach of a program? That's a, that's a good question. I think um, the biggest thing, you know, is just really paying attention to the – like I said, I, I had great people that I was working, working alongside. So really paying attention to how – um, people that are good at their jobs, how they did things. Uh, I thought, you know, Brad Stevens was unbelievable at just how he uh, documented everything and had uh, presentations and well organized. Mm -hmm. and, and so tried to bring an element of that to the table as it became a head coach of being organized and being on top of it and having visuals uh, for either for players or when you're communicating with your AD or donors or boosters or, you know, you know you're going to have to communicate with, with more, uh, more groups of people, not just uh, just the team. That's what changes. Uh, you know, as an assistant, primarily you're recruiting, uh, you're communicating with recruits and parents and the team. Yeah. Uh, and then as you as you change over to a head coach, uh, there's so many more people uh, that you're communicating with. 
and uh, whether it's donors, boosters, supporters, media, um, students, you know, campus, you know, other, others on campus and out in the community. And so um, now you have all these factions that uh, that you're communicating with. So, you know, I, I took a piece of that from Brad. I thought that was yeah. uh, I thought that motto was a great motivator. Um, so being able to inspire and motivate, you know, those that were supporters of the program to give because yeah. you need more. Uh, at, at times or, or the team in the locker room or the staff, you know, but just having that quality and, and trying to draw upon that. And I thought, um, you know, like I said, Coach Beeline, great CEO and, mm-hmm. and delegator uh, was, was something that he was very strong at. And I thought Todd was, um, you know, really well, really, really, really talented in the area of team building, mm-hmm. uh, just creating that vision of, you know, and, and getting people's hearts engaged to who we are, who we want to be. Uh, so I think all those things, you know, you just yeah. kind of my, my advice to any, you know, to, to young uh, aspiring head coaches would be really pay attention, yeah. um, you know, to those you're around and, and write down what qualities you value. And, and you're going to have to be yourself. It's not like you're going to walk out and be someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that takes a little bit of time to find yourself as a head coach and who you are. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, then after you do that, do it with full confidence and, and not second guess yourself. And so. Uh, you do go from, you know, executor to planner. Uh, yeah. You know, it was the, that was the thing I had to get used to. Everybody else waking up wondering, you know, uh, you wake up as assistant wondering what coach has planned for today. Mm-hmm. You wake up as a head coach and everybody's waiting on you for the plan. <laughs> right. And so, uh, you know, to just as you grow over time, how to articulate what you want, how to map out what you want so it's clear for others to see so they can they can follow suit. And so, um, yeah. you know, those are some of the things that, you know, you just grow into and, and you're just trying to get better each and every day, uh, you know, at, at all those things. Yeah, coach. Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing. I do think too, you mentioned it a few times, but just the vision that you set, uh, I think is so important. I think for you, I mean, I even remember at Butler, just how clear the vision was even for the managers, I mean, of what you wanted um, and how you wanted your program to run. So I think, Definitely. Uh, it's cool to even see you as well. Mentioning everywhere you went, you picked up something different um, that you learned and were able to kind of implement into your head coaching style. So I yeah, appreciate you sharing that, Coach. That's, that's awesome advice. And Coach, after one season at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, you transitioned back to where it all started at Butler University to become the head coach of the Bulldogs. And it was interesting as well because a lot of the, the, the team that year was seniors like Keelan Martin, Tyler Weidman, uh, guys like Kamara Baldwin, I mean, high-level guys. How did you prepare yourself to lead an experienced and successful Bulldogs roster? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, when you when you when you earn opportunities, um, you know, one way or the other, it's uh, Milwaukee was different, right? You're coming into a program that uh, there was four scholarship players left, and everybody had uh, either transferred or graduated, and, yeah. and moved on with the changing of uh, of the staff. And so here we come, and so you're kind of starting from zero, and you know, from the ground up, and you get to build it. Uh, in that way um, and so that was fun you know just being a part of you know trying to set forth the foundation and totally. and getting guys to buy in you know from from that starting point uh, and to make the run at the end that we did and guys to continue yeah. to believe in what we were you know what we were preaching and how how we felt like we needed to do it and mm-hmm. see some results yeah. you know on the back side of that first year and, and playing for a conference tournament championship Mm-hmm. Uh, Butler, you know, coming in was different. You're coming into a program that's coming off of a Sweet 16 that's 
you know, established for two decades. And, and so it's not necessarily rebuilding. It's yeah. uh, especially when you had, you know, a couple of seniors in leadership positions like Keelan Martin and Tyler Weidman. Yeah. Um, you know, some young growing leaders as Sean McDermott and Kamar Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was more of um, transitioning myself into, yeah. you know, what Butler is uh, and, and, and being, um, being not, not um, being afraid to, to be myself within, mm-hmm. you know, what Butler's always done and, and our staff to bring, you know, a new element to the table. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it's been done a long way or been done a certain way for a long time, but through different coaches and everybody kind of had their own, um, you know, their own spin on, you know, how they were going to do about it and continue and continue that on. So I leaned on those players a lot, to be honest yeah. with you, uh, because and communicated to them how uh, it's their program uh, and, you know, it would be what they wanted it to be and for, for me to help, uh, you know, shape the vision of, of what I thought we could be together and then let those guys lead as much as possible. Uh, and obviously, you know, communicating our non-negotiables as a staff and what those were, but, mm-hmm. but really leaning into the players and, and what they wanted to accomplish and who they what they wanted the program to continue to be about. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that, Coach. And I do think it's pretty cool hearing you share just the difference in how you approach that Wisconsin-Milwaukee, just with that ground zero, uh, building it up, and then at Butler, it being totally different. Um, I think that's an awesome testament, too, that, that it can be done two different ways, and it might have to be done in two different ways, depending on where you're at um, as a young head coach. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I do think as well, just even the, the humility of allowing the guys, um, the senior leaders, to have kind of that voice, uh, I think it is a great way to approach it as well. And I know uh, the guys really appreciated that. And so that's, that's an awesome way to look at it, Coach, and, and a great way to, to manage a roster like, like Butler had that season. That's awesome. And Coach, one aspect of your life that stands out to me and to many others is your faith in Christ. You don't hide your faith, and it definitely is evident in how you lead. What role has your faith in Christ played during your coaching career? Yeah, I, I uh, it, that plays a role in, in my life in general, Noah, as you know. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I would say in the midst of the storm of a coaching career is when I got saved and gave my life to Christ. And uh, after we got let go at Iowa uh, in 2010 and um, not knowing what was next, but just uh, kind of, you know, surrendering and laying down and letting God lead and, mm-hmm. and let Jesus take the wheel from there on out. Something that I had grown up in the church uh, in, in my, my, in my young, young life and young yeah. adult life. Um, but obviously when you make that decision uh, that you're going to live for God and, and let Jesus lead. And, and, um, and from then on, it's been, you know, nothing's been, uh, it's all just giving the glory to glory to him in, yeah. in every instance, um, you know, whether it's the storms or whether it's the, uh, the celebrations and, and all the things that come along with uh, coaching, uh, I think just uh, drawing on mm-hmm. scripture and, uh, and as in terms of leadership uh, of the team and, and shaping the vision mm-hmm. uh, and trying to just, uh, leave for others and leave for God's sake, um, you know, in the ways that I think this is the ministry that he gave me personally mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of my purpose, 18 to 22 year old, 23 year old young men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, just trying to encourage them, you know, obviously to, to be their best selves and to believe in something bigger. And they, yeah. you know, I don't, I try to, uh, shove it in the face of guys, but to ever, you know, make it clear what I believe in and, encourage them to believe in something, you know, bigger than, uh, you know, bigger than yeah. themselves. And uh, so that when the physical and the mental fail, uh, yeah. they still have, 
something that they can stand on because that'll happen. Right? It'll be enough to, you know, lose your mind at times, and it'll be uh, enough to, you know, make you exhausted and feel like you can't move forward. Yeah. Uh, many times, you know, in the profession as an athlete or as a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I stand on is my faith and, and knowing that God's, you know, gotten me to this point, and yeah. uh, you know, He's not gonna leave me or forsake me or get me to. Uh, to what's next and um, and to be able to stay grounded you know I think that's what it, it allows me to just understand that coaching is what I do it's not who I am yeah uh, as I communicate to the players of coach you know basketball is what you do it's not who you are so yeah uh, really diving into who you are is going to make you a better player Absolutely. and uh, diving into who I am and uh, has made me a better coach and, and knowing my foundation is in Christ yeah coach that's awesome to hear and I think too what always inspired me being on the kind of a fly on the wall during your during your time at Butler was really how you led by your actions, and that represented Christ in so many ways. Um, just how you treated the players, how you treated the managers, um, how you led. I mean, so many coaches that I've been around uh, didn't have the calm temperament you had. I mean, I, I can count on my fingers the amount of times I heard you use a swear word. I mean, just things like that that I think stand out um, in the way you led, and it, it bled off on the guys. I know for for me, uh, being close with Sean McDermott, one of the guys you were. Uh, coaching during your time at Butler um, and how he grew spiritually. One, one thing he mentioned to me many times, even on this podcast um, that I did with him, was how you impacted him in that way. Um, and so definitely I think God did give you this ministry through coaching. And for our listeners as well, that you know, that, that might be your ministry. Um, and it, it, it's a really cool way to do ministry because it's it's not only uh, guys that are coming on that are believers, but a lot of guys that don't know what they believe or don't know how to be grounded. Um, it could be a great way to show them kind of, you know, what grounds you. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that, Coach. It's, it's an awesome part of who you are. And it always inspired me and the rest of the guys. So definitely something to, that got us using in an awesome way. It's awesome, Coach. Thanks, no. Absolutely. You inspired me as well. It was, it was always, you know, enjoyed seeing young, growing, uh, young young people growing in their faith. It's just, Absolutely. Uh, it, was a, it was great to be around and, and an inspiration for me to just, take more steps, uh, knowing that none of us have figured out, but we're all taking steps, right? And so uh, it's awesome to watch you and young Will even, (laughs) just guys that are taking steps in their faith walk. Absolutely, Coach, most definitely. And Coach, your time at Butler recently ended as a head coach, and you mentioned to me that you're ready for what God has next for you. Kind of share with me, if you don't mind, what has God taught you during this challenging season of your coaching career? Yeah, I would say number one, you know, and, and I don't know if I've completely reflected uh, and just sat down, but to be thankful. Um, yeah. You know, you get, you, you know, God puts you in places uh, and God, and we live our lives in seasons. Uh, you yeah. know, you have that, you know, that uh, that young season of life, you know, when, you know, you're trying, you're, you're learning and being, things are being pressed upon you and you have that, that 18, like that adolescent season where you're trying to figure it out yeah. uh, and any young professional season that you're in right now, you know, trying to move forward and still have purpose. And someday you'll, you'll be in the latter season where you're giving back wisdom to a lot of others. And so, mm-hmm. and God, you know, we, we, things come in season and, and nothing lasts forever. Uh, you know, we're all finite. Uh, and at yeah. some point, you know, we'll, uh, we'll pass from this, this world that we live in, in this earth and, and, and uh, you know, move into eternity. And so um, just knowing that and being thankful for those seasons, uh, being yeah. thankful for those chapters that you get and there's ups and downs that come with them. But, but um, you know, God puts you there for certain reasons. And so having a gratitude about, you know, the things that God has done for you up to the point you're at, wherever that is in, in anybody's life right now. 
uh, and then having a trust. I think just trusting him. Yeah. Knowing that I have trusted God to get here. Uh, so you know, trusting you know, to move into the next chapter and the next season uh, mm-hmm. for me and my family. And I'm uh, just having a, a really grounded, really rooted trust in God and God's will and God's plan. Many times those, I had something, you know, get people say, you want to make God plan and God laugh, just tell them what your plans are. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just knowing that his will is, is perfect and, and he's going to do things uh, for us, not to us. Uh, so whatever that uh, challenge is or that, that uh, you know, obstacle or something that went a way that you didn't think it, it was going to go, um, you know, that's being done for you to help you be more prepared for your next thing. Um, so that next assignment, I don't, you know, I think right now it's my family and my own kids. Uh, yeah. I've been enjoying um, spending that time and, and uh, doing some traveling with our family uh, on the weekends. And my daughter's taking college visits and being a part of her uh, selection for her next step in her, you know, next chapter in her next season of life. And so yeah. really been enjoying that right now. And professionally, we'll see, you know, just leaning on God and mm-hmm. um, to, to lead in that way too. So we'll land where he needs us. Yeah. And uh, we'll serve like he wants us to serve. Yeah, Coach, absolutely. And I think that just it, it, it inspires me. I think it, it inspires so many others um, just hearing, I mean, the difficulty and the challenge of, of having that transition, but also how you're looking at it. Um, a gratitude is something that I think is so important. Um, and I think the, the outlook that you have and, and just trust in the Lord for what is next um, is, is huge, Coach. So um, definitely I think for our, our young professionals to expect challenges, um, something I try to just tell and, and talk through with guys, um, like it's going to be hard. You're going to have tough seasons in life, whether it is in coaching or in your personal life, um, whatever it might yeah. be, you're going to face challenges. It's guaranteed. I love John chapter 16, verse 33, where Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Um, yeah, of course. Just, yeah, it, it's beautiful. I think it reminds me that, you know, this world is going to be difficult. We're going to face challenges. Um, but it's not about the challenge. It's about who we trust through the challenge. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of the things that God's has been speaking to me, Noah, during this time is obviously if you look left and right and see and think about how people look at you, I think there's a verse in Psalms 34 mm-hmm. uh, that alludes to this. But, um, you know, but to look up instead and see how God looks at us. Yeah. And, and he sees us as, uh, and you'll feel, um, you know, different. He sees us as his children, yeah. which is a special thing, and he sees us as holy. And uh, and so, you know, you really get encouraged when you when you just look up and think about see yourself how God sees you, uh, yeah. because you're you're he sees you as more than and enough. And mm-hmm. um, you know, he equips us for the things that uh, we need to be equipped for. But yeah. to not spend as much time, we spend a lot of time looking left and right and thinking about how people view us. Yeah. Um, but you know, just remember how God views you, and regardless of whether you just had a extreme success or yeah. or it didn't work out, um, He still yeah. sees us the same way. And so, um, so true. just really leaning on that and knowing that, and then standing on that and, and uh, being encouraged by that. So maybe, uh, hopefully, that's an encouragement to someone else. Yeah, Coach, absolutely. I mean, I think identity is huge in in life, uh, and oftentimes as human beings, we we look for identity in things of this world, um, and that's that's definitely a cheap substitute. So. Yeah, Coach, keeping that identity in Christ is key. And for our young, young professionals, as they're jumping into their career, kind of getting a head start on that um, and really leaning into that, I think, is a big part of it. So that's awesome, Coach. I appreciate you sharing that. Coach, it was an honor to have you on the podcast today. I'm excited to see where God takes you next, and we're just really grateful you came on. 
Appreciate the time, though. Absolutely, nothing like fellowshipping with you. Uh, any chance I can get to do that. Absolutely, Coach. Uh, love what they're doing and love what you're a part of. So, you know, more than happy to, to come on and uh, proud of you and, and all the efforts that you put in to just bring others some inspiration and some motivation to, to draw themselves closer to, to Christ and their, and their walk in, in this, especially in this mm-hmm. area as athletes, as coaches, the inspiring, those inspiring in athletics. So, um, kudos to you. Absolutely, Coach. I appreciate that. It's definitely a blessing to have you on. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at UncommonSG.org. That's UncommonSG.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern Time as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.